Oh, shit. This is the Oddball Show, a podcasting collaboration with Live Productions and Oddball Magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, and all the ships at sea, welcome to the Oddball Show. I am Prof, one of your dutiful hosts tonight, and I represent that Boston hip hop entity known as JP Lime Productions. Uh, my co-host, as always, is owner and driving force behind Oddball Magazine, Jason Wright. Jason, say hello to the people, please. What's that happening? My name is Jason Wright. I'm uh, chilling. Um, I am the editor and owner and founder of Oddball Magazine, and we're happy to be back with the Oddball Show. Uh, tonight's segment is cyberbullying. Right, Prof? That's right. We'll break that down just a bit. Let me introduce everybody else that's on the line tonight. Also on the line is my partner in the line, Juan Scala, a.k.a. Ivan DeJesus. Say hello, sir. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody out there? How's it going? Excellent right. on my end. And our guest tonight is prolific and energetic artist and poet from Boston, Glenn Lucci Furman. A strong advocate of children's issues. We'll be diving into the issue of cyberbullying as well as his own uh, artistic pursuit and his group, Art Without Ego. Mr. Lucci, please say hello. Lucci. 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 Uh, All right, well, we're going to work on, uh, on, on Lucci here for a minute. See what's going on. I guess that's how Jack, uh, yeah. Lucci. Hey, can you hear me? There he is. Hello. Welcome back. Oh, oh, how you doing? I, I thought you guys heard me. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear you. No. I'm you loud and clear now, my friend. Welcome, welcome, and thanks you. again for being on the Oddball Show. Thank a, you for having me. That is a solid voice you got there, buddy. Solid voice. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> you can, you can like, read, like, Chevrolet commercials and stuff. You can, like, you know, whatever. What? You know. Well, I'm, sur I'm surprised. I'm surprised Rocky never did like a rock commercials. There we go. That, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, you made me do it. Well, that was awkward. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Prof, uh, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't that awkward. I'm not saying it was awkward. I, the silence was awkward, basically. What I was saying. You doing all right, my friend? You seem like uh, you're a little nervous getting back. We are coming back tonight uh, after a short hiatus for the Oddball Show, and we're thank you all for joining us tonight. And wherever you are listening, we're posting up all the pertinent links from our conversation tonight uh, on both jpenineproductions.com uh, uh, and our, you know, our social media on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. Um, so you can definitely check that out. But the place to find us right now live uh, is at Productions on YouTube. Uh, this is Google Hangouts is an awesome way to do a podcast, and tonight is broadcasting live right through. Uh, uh, our YouTube channel. So go check us out there. Um, that's youtube.com backslash JP Lamb Productions. Uh, so yeah, that's how to find us live. So yeah, we've been on a short hiatus the last, I don't know, a couple months through the holidays and whatnot. Had to redefine and, and see what we want to do with the Oddball Show, but we're really glad to be back. So uh, yeah, Jason, how are you feeling? You ready? It's freaking very exciting to be back uh, doing the Oddball Show again. Um, I'm glad that we, we have, what we have here is we have, uh, 
We have good guests. We have good ideas. We have good topics. We have good sound effects that we have been working on. <laughs> <laughs> that is really the key to success. For the, the kind of sound effects really, sound effects really are the really uh, the driving force of uh, everything these days. So yeah, so like you were saying, the oddball show kind of jumps around a little bit. We like to you know focus on especially hip hop and poetry being our two uh, areas of expertise and our, our particular areas of artistic focus. But uh, we like to jump around a lot. We like to address topics, uh, yeah, politics, like sports, anything that really comes across the radar. And tonight we really, uh, cyberbullying was something that was that really just jumped right out to you when we started talking uh, in our meeting about topics tonight. So you want to take that away? And Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, being part of Oddball Magazine means, uh, you know, you're, the whole idea was the magazine for anyone who wasn't anything. And uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, we, we have... Uh, been blessed with a bunch of good poets and friends, and you know, li living in the Boston area, we we have good friends, and one of our good friends is uh, Lucci, who uh, Lucci uh, is just a dynamite uh, individual, good friend of ours, and we wanted to bring him back, and uh, we decided we would talk about cyberbullying because I feel like that's a very important issue in this new world that we live in, and uh, I figured Lucci would be a good person to to speak about it because uh, he's uh, you know. Lucci's an intelligent dude. He writes awesome poetry, and uh, he—I uh, guess—he works with kids. Uh, so you know, take it away, Lucci. What's going on with cyberbullying? Uh, well, cyberbullying, like any other form of bullying, is—you know—my opinion is just completely unnecessary. I mean, you know. Unfortunately, we live in a carnivorous type of world, so it's going to happen. It's bound to happen here and there. Uh, but you know that I think the only thing you, you can really do with uh, kids or even adults who are bullied to different degrees uh, is you know it's, I don't think it's enough to just teach kids not to bully or just keep teach kids to defend themselves. But I think we have to be able to do both at the same time. And I think it's very important. Yeah. Um, so what are what are um. How are the kids dealing with cyberbullying these days? Do you know? Uh, it's it's really unfortunate because a lot of them, you know, there's been there's been multiple suicides uh, because of bullying, and you know, there's you know there there's been suicides. There's been if they weren't depressed before, they do get depressed. You know, uh, you know, there's kids that it's bad enough to go to school and you're confronted immediately. Physically from people, but it's in the, but then like now because of cyberbullying, they have access to scare you before you even leave the house. Oh yeah, yeah. If you think it was bad for us being bullied, now think about just anything, anything you say on social media. As a kid, oh man, I can't even imagine how cyberbullying must be these days. I mean, hey Lucci, um, I got a question for you. So just uh, as a matter of uh, you know, uh, I guess. Um, uh, just to kind of set the tone here, like when we talk about cyberbullying, um, what forms does that take? Um, what exactly is cyberbullying? I mean, it uh, seems pretty self-explanatory, but I feel like there's more there than meets the eye and or ear. Um, so can you speak on that for a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I never, I never claim to be an expert, but uh, as someone who has been bullied and someone who does observe a lot of things, you know, I, th I think I have a pretty good idea of it. 
you know, when people, you know, you can have a Facebook or you can have an Instagram or a Snapchat or Twitter. I mean, I, I still, I haven't even got a Snapchat, by the way, because that's just too much for me. I can't do it. I'm too old. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, people, you know, usually people post, you know, their personal thoughts or stuff like that, but then bullying comes around and people say, oh, well, I'm going to send someone a private message to make them scared of me or I'm going to publicly humiliate them and make their humiliation a trend or a hashtag, uh, you know, and before you know it, there's like, you know, hashtag so-and-so got beat up, isn't this so funny, ha-ha. You know, um, and then you have people who will like copy and paste or screenshot people's entire profiles or comments in a conversation and then repost it, putting the other person on blast, you know. And some people get like reported or deleted or, you know, put in magazines when they're not asked to be simply because of their social media accounts. And it's just, it's really, really scary. Like, you have to really, one, you have to be careful what you even say. Two, you have to be careful who you encounter because you don't know what they'll get you into, whether you meant to get into it or not. It's just really, really tricky to deal with social media. Who, who's engaging in the cyberbullying? Oh, go ahead. What's that? I said, who, who's engaging in the cyberbullying? I mean, do you find that it's teenagers? Do you find that it's young adults? Is it is it strictly you know just uh, elementary to, to middle school kids, or or what's you know what what, what are your uh, what, what are your experiences with that? Well, I I, n I never really experienced cyberbullying uh, to the extent that others did because I think I was an adult before it became as pandemic as it has. I mean, it's always been around, just not at the degree it is now. Uh, because you know, I was, I was ten before I even owned a computer that had internet access to it, and even then, I didn't really start using it until I was about twelve. And I, I used America Online, so, you know, for me, it was I mean, my my name was like you know, Cool K Karate One Two Three. That was my original screen name, and you know, I was you know a very Forrest Gump innocent type of kid were like, oh, hi, how are you? And I was lucky enough never have to deal with that, but because kids nowadays where internet access is so normal and common to where kids by the age of five have iPhones, you know, uh, it's so easy, and, and then, let me mention, they have social media accounts. I've had requests on Instagram from like seven-year-olds. Yeah. You know, and same thing with Twitter and stuff, and it's like, okay, if you're requesting me, and I'm 30, how many people are you talking to on a regular basis that you might not even know personally? And, you know, it just elevates it higher when you do know them personally, because if you see them again, it could be awkward or even more dangerous for you. And I think it's mostly elementary, middle schoolers, um, maybe more so high schoolers and middle, and middle schoolers, depending on how old the kids are as elementary, to get their social media accounts and get them not protected but you know and it's sad because I've seen a lot of adults try the exact same thing and my personal opinion I could be wrong I've never been afraid to admit that but my personal opinion a lot of adults who engage in that uh, have just not little have too much time on their hands or just too immature to have an account in the first place yes 
Yeah. So um, I got a question for you. So we know what the the cyberbullying problem is. It seems to be a pandemic. This this is a, something that we need to educate kids about. Um, what can we do as a culture, Lucci, to prevent and educate our kids about cyberbullying? Well, I think that boils around uh, the same type of things that you would teach a kid growing up, even if the internet didn't exist. Uh, you know, it's not right to bully someone because you wouldn't want it done to you. Um, and you know, but at the same time, if you know, it's kind of sad that we live in this type of world, but it does exist. We kind of almost have to warn kids. Hey, you know, in case this happens, do this, you know, or, you know, just get out of this situation if you can because, you know, you don't want to be in a situation you want to be in. And, you know, just a consistent, uh, I have no problem saying this, and a consistent ingraining into kids at young ages that, you know, don't treat someone the way you wouldn't want to be treated because once that happens, you open the doors for things to happen to you. And you might not like it when it happens to you, you know. And I'm not, and I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge proponent of vengeance. But when someone gets mistreated, there's a good chance they met what vengeance in the future, whether it's deserved or not. And it's just like when you start bullying someone or engage in it, or you know, become just a bystander and watch it all happen without at least trying to say something about it. You're you're kind of enabling the situation, you know. And it's it's I think we. Just as human beings, you know, but bullying is a big part of it. As human beings, I think we just need to teach our kids at an early age, you know, love yourself, love other people, and if you see something happening, try and help them. Don't just let it happen, and don't do these things yourself, because if it happens to you, you're going to ask for help, and then you might not have anybody. You know, and it's just, I think we need to create a culture you know, let's take care of each other. It's not a bad idea, you know, because it, it could be good for you. Uh, do you think that there's a certain element to it? Well, here, actually, it's a different way. I think that, uh, like you were saying, kids so young be having internet accounts, having Instagram accounts, I don't know uh, if, there's a, if there's a way to stop it, if that train's already left the station, but do you think that parent and parental involvement is a bigger factor than... That we like to admit, that we like to, uh, you know, take responsibility for, you know, especially with elementary, middle school kids. Or is it really, is it really just, you know, they're going to be friends, they're going to be friends with their friends on social media anyway. So it really doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter, or it isn't the biggest impact. Yeah, uh, I think, I think as, I mean, it, it's always, it's always, parents are always part of the situation. You know, I mean, I mean, good or bad. You know, parents, they're raising the kids, so. Of course, they're part of the situation. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily if a parent, because you know, I don't think it's fair to put an umbrella stance on all parenting because all parents and all children are not in the same circumstances, or not in the same environments, or not the same type of people. So, you know, I can't put an umbrella stance on that. But what I do think we could do is say, you know, and you know, if if parents, and if you're a parent and you have a child or children. And, you know, you're aware and comfortable enough and engaged in your child's life enough to be able to trust them to a degree to handle that account, you know, 
maybe, just maybe, because there are a lot of parents that do do this. There are a lot of parents that put parental locks and stuff like that. I mean, I was a teenager, and my parents had parental locks on my cable. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, if that can be done with cable, it, it, you know, I've seen the options. It can be done for social media accounts, too. You can, there's options to where you can only talk to certain people, you can't go to certain sites and all that. So I think it's very perfectly possible, but, you know, I just think it's, you know, as long as, as long as the consistent uh, teaching of, you know, don't hurt someone else and protect yourself if someone tries to hurt you, and, you know, I think if, if there's just that consistent type of teaching, I think it'll be make it the culture a lot better off overall. Right on, right on. Um, Jason, you got another couple couple questions here on cyberbullying. I feel like uh, we might want to. Yeah, wanna... sure. Uh, so, Lucci, so you are a creative person, Lucci. Um, now you uh, have written a lot of poems. Um, I know that they are probably influenced one by your view of the world, and the reason why we brought you on the, the podcast is because you're, you're, uh, you, you are the love and caring, and why don't you, I mean, for people who don't know Lucci, tell Lucci, what, is, what does your name stand for? Well, it's, uh, it's actually a triple meaning, uh, you know, I, I was, I was technically adopted by birth, even though I love my family to death, you know, I don't look at them as adopted people, but I, they, you know, I was, uh, you know, so my government name was Furman, but if I wasn't adopted, it would have been Lutz. So when I found out, when I found my biological mother in 2008, I found out uh, my great-grandfather came from Sicily. His name was Lucci, but they changed it to a German name. Uh, I wouldn't have had my Sicilian heritage name even if I wasn't adopted. So I brought it back through art, but then I was like, hmm. Anyone can be lame, Lucci. You know, so I was like, you know, I need to give it. I want to give it an acronym because I want people to know when they hear this Lucci, this is who they're talking about, no one else. So I gave it an acronym, L-U-C-C-I, and it stands for listening, understanding, caring, considering, inquiring. All right, cool, cool. Um, so uh, why don't you know? We're going to have you read a couple of poems uh, today uh, during the Oddball Show. But why don't you, I mean, I know you have a poem about. The name Lucci. Why don't you just spit that real quick? Oh, you want to hear that one? Yeah, I mean that—that's why we. I mean, we wanted to uh, delve into the cyberbullying, um, but I think your poem, uh, "My Name Is Lucci," kind of tells you a little bit about where you are, where you come from, and what you're trying to do. So, um, why don't you go ahead and and then we, you know we'll we'll delve into some other stuff like you know art without ego later. But why don't why don't we just you know. Tell, tell the listeners who Lucci is, real quick. Okay. All right. One second. My name is Lucci. Not to be confused with Gucci or mistaken for Hoochie. I am a man with a duty that might eventually force someone to sue me. If anybody can prove me wrong, I beg of you to prove me. I've never been shy to admit I was wrong, just as long as we don't argue a radio like the same song. My name has five letters, L-U-C-C-I. Each and every letter has a purpose I go by. Even though I wisely know I'm the even though I wisely know I'm not the wisest, I can honestly say that I try to be wise. The first letter is L, stands for listen. Because I choose to listen to blues of the smitten who've been written into non-existence. I also listen to indifference and the happy. 
I don't care if their stories are scrappy, snappy, or even sappy. Or if the nature is a major wager full of danger. You is to understand. Whether you're a woman or a man, I want to understand chances of circumstances getting better or worse. Did you get the job letter? Or were you cursed with a hearse? Understand doesn't mean justify. But I can let you know whether it will or won't testify. Letter number three happens to be C. Stands for care. I care about anyone and everyone. Anything and everything. You're a snob who's a con man looking down on a slob for a regular job? Ignorantly full of hate and doctor would every play in the way of debate? The love of my life or the first to pull a knife? Next letter, another C. Consider. I have sedational consideration for the suffering who continue to buffer just to benefit another and care less the expense of a slave mother. I have consolational consideration for an animal or human born to the shores of life they never asked for, taught from the core, close the door on the poor, keep asking for more and more. Letter number five is I, inquire. I inquire about the fire and ice within the tire, the wire, the dyer, put on a flyer, I don't care, whatever it is, I still inquire for my knowledge to grow higher. Racially, socially, sexually, religiously, politically, historically, economically, even futuristically, I still inquire. Everybody has a story. Here's mine. Southwest Detroit till I was 14. Picked on and bullied just for being me. And shy as well as mad and sad. Unnecessary drama at home to feel even more alone. Experiencing images of interracial harmony until I kissed a different race but couldn't do so comfortably. Forced to look over my shoulder by people I loved and hated by hatred I thought was outdated. Down south of Tennessee and Georgia. At the time for me, compared to the D, I wanted the blacks really free. But now I'm in the bean we see bigotry is everywhere it can possibly stare. But too many people don't seem to care. So now that I'm older and developed a mind, I realize I can't go back in time for justice mountains to climb, not only with racism, but sexism. All my life experiencing images of women who claim nice guys from his last. As because we couldn't get past a master of lying and conniving who wishes to cast them into a role of a hoe with the weak-to-weak limited cast. Homophobia is a toxicity of simplicity that's an enormity and surpasses perplexity. I see a society full of judgment, whether it comes to superstitions or politicians with oppositions to peaceful and loving compositions. Or individuals with animosity toward the generosity of those from another mother, and even some from the same mother. By the way, as I write this, infinite innocence are having infinite innocence taken away just for the taking. Every system, every country is somehow corrupt and broken. By no means am I the same, but compared to the needy and greedy in the towers of power, I feel like a token. So I'm telling you, I have thoughts and wishes like a door revolving around peace and love. A solution with no institution of a revolver to evolve to this inclusion. I'm listening, understanding, caring, considering, inquiring. Not to be confused with Gucci or mistaken for Hoochie, my name is Lucci. Very nicely done, my friend. Thank you very much. I do love that poem, man. It's really. Uh, very pretty dope. We want to actually, we want to post that up in the pertinent link section. So we'll probably either post it up, if that's okay with you, on jblineproductions.com or if it is already posted up on Oddball, we can just link right to it from the pertinent link. So we'll get that up in our, uh, up after the show, you know, along with all the other info you need. 
for the oddball okay. show tonight. But thank you very much, my friend Lucci. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask him a little bit about some of your uh, work with AWE and uh, stuff here in Boston. But in your poem, uh, I know you mentioned where you're from. Where did where did you grow up? Uh, originally, Metro Detroit. Right on. And then you went. And, and then you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just, uh, and then uh, by age 14, I went to Tennessee with my family. Uh, and then seven years later, I went to Georgia for a girlfriend. Uh, never again. Uh, <laughs> and then in transition, I went to Florida for almost a month. And I've been in Boston. This is my sixth year now. Sixth year. Right on, man. Because uh, one of the things that I, I feel like I'm feeling or noticing a lot uh, is a resurgence in some of the Boston art scene, especially you know as far as underground hip-hop goes. They've always had a pretty... Um, I don't know, energetic hip-hop scene, but it's never really been able to break through and it's never been, never been able to hold enough um, over from generation to generation. I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of great groups in Boston. Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit about some of your work with AWE and whether you feel like, you know, even in your, your six years here, whether the last couple of years have been have had that kind of a, you know, resurgent kind of feel, something like something is coming through. Um, but before we get to that, Jason? You want to line, my friend? You, uh... All right, Jason, just grab a little bit of info on one of our sponsors. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you are in the Cambridge area, make sure to check out the Out of the Blue 2 Gallery at 541 Massachusetts Ave, located in Central Square, home of the Stone Soup Poetry Slam and our good friend Chad Parento. Uh, we just want to give a shout-out and thank you to the Out of the Blue 2 Gallery for uh, sponsoring the, the Oddball Show. And... Um, being supporters of, uh, of poetry, art, music, and basically creating an amazing scene in the uh, Cambridge and uh, Boston area. So we just kind of want to say thank you, and if you are in the Cambridge area, definitely check out the Out of the Blue 2 Gallery at 541 Massachusetts Ave in Central Square. And, yeah, that's... that's, uh, that's uh, that's the realness, man. Lucci, have you been to you've been to the Out of the Blue Two Gallery? You speak on it for a second. Oh yeah, it's a really nice place. Uh, I mean, it's been there for years, uh, way before I was the I even came to Boston. Uh, you know, Chad's a wonderful host. You've been there plenty of times. Oh, yeah. uh, I've actually featured there twice. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of other great poets and artists that have featured there as well, and. You know, every time you the 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 most mystifying thing about that place is every time you go there from week to week, it's it's a conglomeration of art, and it surrounds you like you cannot get any more art in there unless you started like just stacking more music and poems together in there because it's just art everywhere and each and every week it's different. Oh yeah, all of it is, and like that's that's the only place I've ever experienced that at, and it's. You know, because usually, I mean, and it's not a bad thing. Like, a lot of venues, like, they have the same consistent art all the time, but that's one of the few places. I mean, maybe Haley House uh, competes with that a little bit, uh, a little smaller venue, but same concept. They change the art, like, all the time, and that's, to me, that's even more beautiful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely got to say, uh, TJ Edson, a uh, good friend of uh, uh, Oddball Magazine and Stone Soup, is doing a fantastic job with Tom Tipton and Mars Jupiter. Shout out to them. So we just want to give big ups to the, uh, and thank you to the Out of the Blue 2 Gallery for what they are doing. 
in the Cambridge area. So uh, you were speaking on a little bit about Art Without Ego. Um, tell me a little bit about Art Without Ego and uh, why did you decide that that was, a, that was you know, something you wanted to start uh, online? Well, Art Without Ego started, I was literally just, you know, laying in my bed one day and it hit me. Uh, this is about a year and a half ago. Um, it's, weird I can, it's weird now. I feel like I can actually say it's been out two years now. Um, but 2014, you know, I'd been, I'd been performing in the scenes since 2011. And I'd been hearing this from everyone, whether it be poets or hip-hop artists or R&B singers, you know, whoever I came in contact with, as far as anything poetically or lyrically sound, uh, artists just didn't support each other in Boston. I heard that from everywhere I go, from various venues, from various artists. And, you know, not that I'm trying to be a savior here, but it just hit me like, well, I want, I want to give a platform for everyone to support everybody at their own will. Uh... And I, I made it without ego, I made it, I called it Art Without Ego because I, you know, I tell people this, you know, human beings have let me down on my life. Art has never let me down one time. And so that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about us, it's about the art. We can contribute to it, but even if we don't, it's still going to be there. So why not help promote it? as much as possible and have as many artists display their work, promote events, promote projects they got coming up as much as possible, as often as possible because I've, I've actually witnessed this. There's been people that have joined my group or people who have asked around on Facebook, hey, you know, uh, who plays this drum or who, had, who needs a beat and stuff like this. And I share those type of statuses in my group because you know what? 700 people, someone's going to answer that call because there's some there's people who need to meet and can help each other out and that just makes it you know, the, that just it makes the art more beautiful because collaborations that were never thought possible just make it even better. I mean, that's what it seems like to me is that it's, uh, you're, you're a network really is what, you know, you're bringing people together, you're, you're posting up a lot of different events uh, around Boston and it, I mean, it's literally every, it's two or three times a day that I get a notice from, from your group. So that's, you're active and that's great. Uh, do you, who are some of the more active people that are part of Art Without Ego? Who are some of your, uh, some of the artists that you post events from more often than not? Uh, well, I usually post the events and it's weird because I do most of the work from my phone. So if any AWE listeners are out there, uh, if I haven't shared your events as events, it's because my phone doesn't allow me to share the actual event. So all I can do is if, if I see someone else share it, I can share it from their timeline. You know, it's weird. My phone does that because sometimes I can only like or comment I can't share. Uh, but sometimes I share the events. Uh, so I share a lot of songs, poems, paintings, photography, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, African Man Born, I've, col I've collaborated with him and some other people part of the group has. Um... Bakari, African Man Born, A and B. All right, cool. Uh, he's contributed a lot to it, and I've shared a lot of his work. Um, JP loves it. She's an R&B singer. She's amazing. I saw, um, I saw some stuff from her today. She came across my, my feed. Yeah, uh, Maria Macael. She's an amazing poet uh, herself and a model herself. Um, 
yeah, like there's a lot of various people, you know, and and, and here's the thing: some people have chosen not to be part of it when they once they saw what it was, or some people it's just too many notifications. And I understand that, you know, because this is my group is for people who want to see that stuff all the time. So if you don't want to see it, or if it's not for you, that's okay. I'm not offended by that. You know, it's just I want the option to be there. That's why I made it. Yeah, right on. Uh, are you able to get out to a lot of these events, or is it? Do you feel like you're just uh, that the networking is really more your? I know you're your friends with a lot of these artists, but it seems like it's a lot of events. I mean, how many of these are you able to get to? Uh, well, my my time was a lot more tied up than it used to be, so I used to try and go to as many as possible to the point to where I was actually putting myself in a little bit of debt because of it. Uh, but so I've had to cut back on that now and focus a little bit more on work. Uh, focus more on the um, the Anna Meyer and dancers group that I'm that I'm a part of. Uh, you know, actually just performed at the Lincoln Center in New York on Sunday. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw that you had you gone to New York. I was going to ask you what, what was going on there. Talk about that a little bit. What, what were you doing in New York? Uh, there, so it was an it was an annual uh, dance festival, and they hold it every single year. And so the group I'm a part of, um, Anna Meyer and Dancers, the dancer group, uh, a, it's a collaboration of dancers with uh, poets and sometimes uh, vocalists and musicians. And uh, me, Punk Rose, and Two, Tufan, uh, were the poets of the group. And so we all performed uh, our sets. You know, it was APAP. And um, off the top of my head, I can't remember what it stood for. But, um, yeah, it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge, huge deal. Huge awesome. deal. And it, it, start, it was a showcase. It started at 4.30, and it didn't end until, uh, I think, 8.30 or 9.30. And... We were like we had two sets in the middle of it, and it was it was really amazing, really awesome, amazing. Man. Right on. Uh, how long have you been doing the uh, dance group? Uh, well, the dance group I actually got introduced to it uh, either it was either early last year or late 2014. Right on. It's I, I, funny. I I never thought I would lose track of time as much as I do since I've been doing stuff. <laughs> When you're busy, that's what happens, you know. You stop losing landmarks. You know, it's easy when you're in high school or something. You can say that I was, yeah, I was in this grade, or I was, you know, you have, when you're older, it's a little easier to, uh, for time to zip by, for there to be fewer landmarks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, oh, I just what to ask. Oh well, I mean, I think it really you bring up a good point, especially at the beginning, uh, that you know, Boston artists tend to. Keep their young that we find we find in the hip hop scene that it's uh, pretty contentious. Rather than like we're all going the same way, we're all swimming up the same stream, so might as well, you know, uh, work on it together. I think that bringing people together the way you are without are without ego is a uh, is definitely a noble pursuit. is a is a, a valuable pursuit for sure. Um, so one of the things I want to make sure we get in the pertinent links is uh, some of those people, those artists that you were talking about. Um, oh, and did you guys film anything this week uh, in New York at all? Uh, I heard that the event was being taped, and the, you know, uh, Anna Meyer uh, said that they were that they had purchased a copy of the film. So uh, as soon as something is you know available, I'm going to try and post it uh, if it's possible. But 
Really? So, so there, there are copies of the film that are coming out. All right, cool. Uh, but I'll, I'll make sure to get the, the group in there and the dance festival in there. And then uh, some of those other artists that you were talking about, we'll make sure to get all those in the pertinent link. So definitely big ups to Art Without Ego. Uh, Thank you, buddy. I, I got I to say this. I, Lucci, Lucci, come on. You were in Ghostbusters, kid. Let's talk about it. What happened? <laughs> Why were you in Ghostbusters? Come on. I said that with a Boston accent because Ghostbusters was filmed in Boston this summer, and Lucci was in Ghostbusters. So let's talk about it. Yeah, well, just just so you know, for those who might be looking at the Hangout screen, uh, the photo that is up there is the one I actually sent them for the audition. <laughs> so you and, you were a ghost. Yeah, well, no, because um, so I, I was literally going through my Facebook, and you know, one of my connections that featured me one time, uh, they're a media uh, connection, and they feature different artists of different types and different events. And they said, uh, Ghostbusters movie, looking for extras for a heavy metal scene. Uh, send your phone number, your age, your name, and a recent pick. I sent the email with that photo. They called me the next day. And I was lucky I sent it when I did because they were looking for 600 and I was in the 500s. Uh, I mean, they upped the ante after a while, but... You know, it was. I was. Lucky. The number of people that they called back. Yeah, the, 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 for people that they were looking for. So yeah. everyone got a number, you know. And uh, you know, it was amazing. I got paid for it. They paid. They they fed us all day long. You know, it was in the Wang Theater. Um, it was it was nice. My girlfriend actually bought me shirt and pants specifically for the event. You know, like so, <laughs> like. He bought like, cause you know, my my girlfriend's like a big fashionista, so she bought me like a nice black shirt and black pants, and she's like, yeah, you, you know, you look like you're ready for a concert now, and I was like, okay, cool, you know. <laughs> so what can you tell us? What what, what did they uh, what were they filming? Did you see uh, the, uh, the, the yeah, four yeah. badass chicks. Yeah, it was um, it was a five. It was um, it, we we saw the women. We saw the women. Uh, and they were all like cutting up on the stage. It was amazing, you know. Uh, it was it was in the Wang Theater, you know, and I, I can't give out details about the actual movie, but it was for a heavy metal concert. Awesome. And uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I will tell you that it was really nice. Uh, the director of the movie. Yeah. I, I I didn't get very close to the actresses themselves because that's you know for the Screen Actors Guild Union people because they got you know first dibs on that stuff. But the last day when I was on the side doing a certain scene. Uh, the director walked right past me. Right on. So it was like, I just like that was cool. Yeah, man. Is that, is that your first uh, your first time doing movie extra stuff, or have you done that before? Well, it was my first. It was my second movie period. Uh, first time as an extra. Uh, the first one was, uh, you know, from the Elijah Starm uh, film Super Dupa. It was a Boston-based film as well. I actually was. I was like, I was an extra in like two different parts of it. And uh, you know a main part in another. Um, yeah, it was you know so you know that one was for pure like independent artistry purposes. Uh, this one was my only my second movie, and I got paid for it, and it was for Ghostbusters. So just you know you couldn't you couldn't top I couldn't top that at that at this point. You know I mean I want to eventually, but this that put me on an all time high, and it was right. in the middle. 
it was crazy. It was in the middle of teaching the kids in the summer program. So I not only had to ask off work from a five-week program I was teaching at, <laughs> but also from my regular job, I had to like ask for three days off total. And then they wanted me to come back for three more. I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> Usually I have three, four off days in a week. Now when I have this big, tight schedule, now you want me to film for seven days. No kidding. I'm going to raise the fours. You know, but you know, it was it was amazing, really good. That's awesome, man. Uh, that's really cool, and that's something that you won't ever forget doing that, man. That's that's uh, you know, I'm hoping that new movie is good, and we all go out and see it, and then we'll be like, hey, that's what scene that Lucci was in. I I will say this. Um, I don't know for I don't know for a fact that they got my face, but I did know this. I was wearing a black stopwatch. Well, there we go. And, right. and, and to my knowledge, with everyone puts their hands in the air, I, everywhere I looked around, people had bracelets on, people had collars on, but no one had a black stopwatch on. So if you see a black <laughs> stopwatch, even if it's not my face, I'm in the movie. Right on. <laughs> right, so, so, I mean, Lucy, you're not just uh, uh, Ghostbusters, man. You're, uh, you are like a, a poetic titan in Boston. So, I mean, you're being humble, but it's... Where where have you read? What is your what is the best place that you've read at? And tell me what 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 is it about like performing in front of a lot of people that you you like? What what is keeping you going? I'm sorry, Jason. I'm sorry. Real quick, can we uh can I jump you back real quick? Can we do a quick what's going on with Jason Lime and and uh and Oddball and then come back to, to a little bit more about Lucci because I want to yeah yeah why don't we do that word from Scholar because we're gonna we're gonna lose him this evening uh but it's so kind of him to be here I'd I I'd just like to get a quick word about uh, our two groups, and then we'll come right back to Lucy. Because uh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Why, why don't you? Uh, yeah. One second. Okay, so what's going on in the world of JP Live? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. The last couple of weeks, we've been doing uh, a couple different things. We did a piece about what's coming up in 2016. We talked about uh, upcoming music. Um, the election, all different kinds of things that we're looking forward to in 2016. And then I did a little piece last week about the State of the Union. So kicking it off with a couple things here in January. And then uh, this week we have our Rap Flashback, uh, the January edition. So, Mr. Scholar, you want to say a little word about Rap Flashback and what yeah. else you like to talk about? Yes, 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 absolutely. So our 2016, our first uh, rap flashback episode of 2016, I should say, will be uh, premiering uh, later this week or uh, uh, later the week of, uh, let's see, I suppose uh, today is the 19th, so later the week of the 17th for anybody listening in syndication, uh, January 2016. Um, this month uh, we've got some uh, some features, uh, some uh, some some uh, some lookbacks uh, featuring uh, Smith and Wesson. We've got uh, a little bit of the game with the documentary. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Camp Low with the, uh, the the Black Nostalgia track. That's one of my favorites. Uh, so you know we've got a little bit of variety there. A uh, little '90s, little uh, little little early 2000s flavor. Um, all the birthday shout-outs, all the January birthday shout-outs that we, uh, you know, that we feature every month. Definitely uh, some more of that to look forward to, um, including, uh, let, let me mention some here, uh, R. Kelly, uh, Slick Rick, LL Cool J, the late, great Leah, 
uh, amongst uh, the birthday uh, shout-outs that we uh, prepare for uh, the flashback this month. And uh, we give a little bit of a tribute to uh, Sugar Hill Gang and Rapper's Delight because uh, there's a – I won't spoil it. Uh, you got to watch the episode, but there was a momentous uh, anniversary for uh, the, the song Rapper's Delight. Uh, that's uh, That happens every January, so we get into that a little bit. Um, it's always informative, always old school, um, always fun, lots of shenanigans. Um, the rap flashback, we at JP Line Productions are your old school hip-hop fix, so be sure to tune in to the January rap flashback. And uh, in the pertinent link section, uh, be sure to check out our archive section where you can cast, uh, catch past episodes of the rap flashback um, on our YouTube channel. We've been doing them for uh, almost two complete years now. Uh, coming up in April, it'll be our, our two-year anniversary. So there's a lot of material out there. If, uh, if you're an old school hip-hop head and you want to get educated, then you know watch the episodes. And if uh, you're a hip-hop head and you just need a good laugh, then hey, again, watch the episodes. They're informative and fun. Yes, sir. yes, uh, yes, y'all. So yeah, Rap uh, Effect is one of the more consistent things we do with JPLineProductions.com, but we are uh, Boston's premier hip-hop blog. Uh, we do a lot of different things. We, we focus on you know, politics and sports and art, and, and we do a collaboration with Oddball here, with the Oddball Show and Oddball Magazine. Uh, but it's all about our hardest hip-hop, so... Come find us for our music and, and, and all the other things that make up JP Line, as well as our weekly blog. Awesome, awesome. And uh, Professor Lucci and uh, Jason, I want to thank you guys. I actually have to sign off. I've got uh, I've got something to do. Um, but uh, Lucci, uh, first and foremost, thank you for uh, being with us and uh, for, uh, for for kicking off the discussion there on uh, cyberbullying. I thought that was very interesting. I thought uh, I think there's a lot more there, so who knows? Maybe a return trip sometime. We'll see how it goes. And uh, uh, your poem's awesome. I'll be sure to listen to the next one uh, on, on, on the air there. Uh, Jay, Prof, I'm signing yeah. off, y'all. Well, all right, on the show, man. Peace and love, bro. All right, man. You guys take care. Shout outs to Chad Parento and uh, Spaceman, our uh, our third partner in crime there at JP Lime, uh, Mr. Kogan Johnson, uh, and of course Chad Parento from Oddball Magazine. We will catch up with you SOBs sooner than later, I'm sure. Peace. Yeah. What's up, man. Nice to see you, Ivan. I'm having you on the show. Yeah, we'll see you. Peace. All right, peace. Oh, man. Uh, all right, so from there we go to what's going on in the world of Oddball Magazine. All right. <laughs> all right. I was like, <laughs> in my mind, there was a crazy sound effect coming right out to that, so I was like trying to. Trying to <laughs> it was the <laughs> intro all over again. It was beautiful. Right. It was such an awkward, wonderful silence. That... <laughs> well, I, I, just, I love this. I love this. I'm going to do it one more time. Right. And one time without me laughing. That was that was great right there. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I like it. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mr. Wright, what is going on in the world of Oddball Magazine? All right. Breaking news at Oddball Magazine. First, we had an amazing 3TV from Alyssa Marie. Uh, debuting her latest video, No Strings Attached, featuring Destiny, Cl Destiny Claymore. A great song with a super catchy hook and raw lyrics. Alyssa is a titan. Her newest album is called No Praise on Easy Street, and you can check her out only at Oddball Magazine. That's www.oddballmagazine.com. Also, we had a great pairing of art and poetry with Nick Romeo and TJ Edson. 
who uh, is our good friend over at the Out of the Blue Art Gallery too. And of course, we had our good friend Andrew Bourne and a pretty amazing poem he wrote called Fatback, and uh, that's the uh, 74th poem from Andrew. His seven times column is a great fit. It's eclectic, it's raw, he's an amazing poet, and his poem Fatback is great, so check that out. Also, we had Liza Zayas and her, her amazing column, The Underground Garden. She's an amazing poet. Prof, we've got to have her on the show sometime, man. She is an amazing poet. She does so much for the Boston community, and she is constantly... Killing it at Oddball Magazine. Let's do it, man. Get her on the get her on one. Definitely. And we also had uh, you know James Van Loy, who he puts up his stuff. Uh, he has his uh, very interesting column called uh, "It's All One Thing." He's written 114 of those for us. He is a uh, amazing poet. Uh, that was a good one this week. What was that called? That was a good one. What did you say? That was a good one this week. Oh yeah, the disappeared sign. Very good. That was very awesome. good. Oh man, he's so good. He uh, he he's it's poetry, history, politics, and you know even sometimes he breaks out into song, you know. And then you know if you like politics, uh, we also have Janet Cormier and her bamboozle no more. Her um, her social commentary was called "Water Tainted by Racism and Politics," which is an interesting read. You want to check that out. Awesome. So we had uh, I know we have a lot of stuff. We had uh, a poem by Susan Deercloud, which is an amazing. Uh, a tribute for uh, Martin Luther King Day. It was it premiered on Monday with uh, Alyssa Marie's 3TV. Plus, we have The Odds uh, by Bill Harvey, which, is, if you don't know The Odds, that is a comic strip that Bill Harvey, a uh, just a funny guy, he writes a comic strip for us. Um, it's called The Odds. It's making the serious delirious. And, of course, we had uh, we had you guys, um, a Twisted JP. Yep. yep. What awaits in 2016, which was uh, definitely, I mean, got a lot of uh, got a lot of hits. It was uh, a weekly sampling of uh, you guys over at JP Line Productions talking about what awaits you guys in 2016. And then, you know, today I wrote my uh, Jagged Thought 108 Till No Compliance, which was kind of like a song. And uh, and I wrote it today, and it's just, you know, Till No Compliance, and it's by my alter ego, Man the Storm, which is like my music and stuff. So that that, that is what's going on. At all. There we go. <laughs> We're gonna nail this next time. I can. I mean, that was so great, though. I, I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it. Just when you think it's over, it's just, it's just. It's so awesome. It's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're actually coming down to the end of our hour here in the Oddball Show. Uh, do you want to have? Mr. Lucci, do you want another poem? Do you want to uh, ask him? I know I, I cut you off a little bit on some of the questions you asked him before, or uh, I have a little, uh, when we do the closeout, one of the things I wanted, I was thinking about doing is a, a, a list of 10. I have 10 questions to close us out. If we want to great idea, great that. idea. Why don't you, uh, why don't, okay, uh, do you want to have Lucci read a poem, or do you want to do the 10 yeah, questions? No, no, let's have, let's have, let's do both. Let's have, let's have questions, I, That sounds good. All right, cool. Well, let's, Lucci, down for another poem, my friend? Sure, buddy, sure. All right. All right, Lucci. Hey, we want to thank you for being on the show, bro. You are a really great uh, friend of us, and, uh, you know, we only wish you the best in 2016. Uh, I appreciate that, guys, and same to you both, too. And I only wish you the best with uh, remembering to write 2016 for the next couple of months because that's really difficult for all of us. What did you say? <laughs> I said I only wish you the best with remembering to write 2016. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, also, you got that uh, whole write every day thing for, what is that, National 
write every day poetry. Oh, uh, in uh, in in April, National Poetry Month. Yeah, well, uh, National Poetry Month. I mean, of course, but there's there's one one day that I mean, one month that everyone has to write every day. Yeah, it's a thirty for thirty challenge, and people like they can take it up whenever they wish. But it's you know, it's very challenging. I haven't done that yet. I think when does that this year. When does that start? It, it starts whenever people want, you know. But like yeah. a lot of people take it up in in April, National Poetry Month. Makes sense, you know. Chad, did Chad do it last year, Jason? Do you know, I feel like he was doing Chad, it. Chad, Chad is is the National Poetry Month. Chad is <laughs> <laughs> Chad is Mr. Poetry. Uh, Chad, I think Chad has lyrics and um and uh and verse running through his blood at all times. He's writing poetry all the time. Uh, he is a fantastic dude. What's up, hey. Chad Parento? What's up, Jason? He's not here right now, but he would say. <laughs> That, that was my Chad voice. No, Chad has a way better voice. Uh, I miss Chad actually, but he's he's uh, he's not feeling well today. But your question was about his poetry. Yep, I think he did it last year. I'm pretty sure he did. And uh, he also has that Stone Soup Croutons uh, thing that he does now all the time, which you should check out on his blog as well. But that went off topic. So, Prof, bring me back, reel me back in. What are we talking about? I mean, that was good. Uh, we were just letting Lucy get his poem prepared. Lucia, you got your poem prepared? You got, you got your you got your poem on? Yeah, I do, and um, it goes right. It coincides right with the cyberbullying topic even more so, I think, uh, because a big part of being able to resist bullying is uh, loving yourself, and that's what this poem is completely about: is uh, self love. Very nice. What? All right. Go ahead. So this is called "Do You." <clears throat> when you look in the mirror. In the morning to wake up, at night before bed, what do you see? You should see amazement. The very sight you see should be a sea of beauty. Beauty from the core of Earth to the denseness of Neptune. Neptunes to deaf ears, because you can't hear anything but how fine you are. You can't taste anything but the sweat from blood that pumps out that heat. Because reflecting your reflection is a turn-on like a light switch. Look at that hair. Straight as an arrow. Curly as a fry. Non-existent. Shorter than shrimp. Longer than love. Red like fire. Blonde as hay. Brown like dirt. Dark as night. Any rainbow color or all of them together as black and beautiful. Cherish that scalp. Like you just found it yesterday. Cherish those eyes that change colors like leaves, or stay the same for old time's sake. For the sake of skin, forsake me not, for your skin is the kin to your soul in this life. Everyone here, everything there, has to go through flesh to reach those veins. Those veins give you life, like the sun gives us light. Lightness, darkness, caramel, honey, pale, peach, peanut butter, milk, or chocolate milk. It's all glory. Give glory to a heart filled with copper, bronze, and silver. Filled with gold, diamond, and platinum. Like timeless albums, authenticity is your key. Let it pick the locks of doubt. Open the doors of worth inside you all this time. Inside you makes outside you outstanding. In every shape, in every shape and size, small, medium, and large, height and weight, still worth the weight. 
Embrace yourself like the day does clouds. Your heart loves you when nobody else does. Your heart wants you when everybody hurts you. Your heart is the only true heart you'll ever have, so grasp onto it like the night does stars. Don't let it slip away. It's never promised tomorrow. Nobody can give it to you but you. When you look in the mirror at night before bed in the morning to wake up, what do you see? You should see amazement for having the courage to take on yourself. So do you. Yeah, buddy. That was nice. Lucy, you got style, man. You got, you got style. You got charisma. We're glad that you were on the show. You rock, bro. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me, man. Anytime. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we'll definitely have you on the show again, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, Prof, what you got? Your side of the place are way cooler. Go ahead, you go. So what I was thinking is, uh, you know, maybe for, well, you know, we're back with the Oddball Show, new and revised. I was thinking maybe I could do a list of ten to close out each show. It's something that uh, James Lipton used to do on Inside the Actor Studio, and he stole it from some French dude. So uh, I was thinking... Uh, from James Lipton. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he used to do it on Inside the Actor Studio. It's a, it's a pretty awesome list. I'm not using his list, but, uh, uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. It's, you know, just kind of quick hitter questions uh and and then at the end of those, I don't know if you guys ever watched Inside the Act Studio. It was one of my favorites. Uh, all the time, I'm, you know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a packed comedian. Trust me. So you know, right on. I watch it all the time. What was that word you just used? Packed comedian. Yeah, I'm a packed comedian. I'm a poet, actor, and aspiring comedian. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was something that I was like, well, am I that too? But no, I'm not. <laughs> <But> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm a packed comedian. Like that. I've actually Googled the term. I'm the first to make it up so far. Well, I'm the, I second that emotion. Is it emotion or motion, uh, Prof, real quick? Motion? In the song, it is, I second that emotion. Generally, it is to second emotion. <laughs> well, no, is, is it second that motion or second I, that emotion? I second, I second that, that motion, motion, unless you're talking emotionally, like a love song. No, yeah. no, but if you say, I second that, I, I second that motion, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, because then usually in parliamentary procedure, you need somebody to put forth a motion, and then you need somebody to second it, and then it can be put to a vote. Okay. There you go. Well, that's very, very good. Thank you. All right. All right, so, the Prost 10. Prost 10. <laughs> Lucy. All right, number one. Yes, sir. What time and place would you like to be if not here and now? Ooh. Mm. Uh, the beginning of time. Ooh. All right. All right. Interesting. What is the greatest advice you've ever received? Um, I was given this years ago and it was from an old friend and I've this is one of the many mantras I still keep life has enough stress as it is why add more to it very nice 
Mine is wear pants at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Overrated. I just, I distinctly disagree well, that was out there. Sorry. Wear pants. I would say wear pants as little as possible. That would actually kind of be more in my model. Yeah, well, pants, pants are overrated. Jorts. Wear jorts. All right. Number three. <laughs> would, what would your superpower be? Hmm. Uh, you know, either either to be an actual chameleon, you uh, know, like a mystique, either that or a rogue to be able to survive anything because all I'd have to do is touch them when I take their power. So, so you'd be an X-Men. Not a, oh, oh, yeah. Not a Batman, not a Spider-Man. Not, not, not a DC comic, you would be, uh, be Stanley's X-Men. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Wolverine's the coolest, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, but I, as far as survival... I struggle with those Mantian Claws. I know I would, I would just flip shit. I know I, would just, I wouldn't be able to control it, and I would just go, yeah, you know, Mantian Claws at the dentist or something, just pissed off, or... I don't know why at the dentist. I, I, not at the dentist, but... The Mantian Claws wouldn't work in normal society, but I could see how uh, whatever you just said would work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, must a, you must be a writer. <laughs> All right, number four. He, he's giving this deep analysis. That's what it is. You know? <laughs> that's, where he, that's where he expounds all his eloquence is, is on paper. <laughs> all, right. all right, number four. Biggie or Tupac? Ooh. Oh, Pac. Very nice. He, 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 was a, he was a poet first and foremost, and that's where I related to him first. So. Right on. Right, I, actually, I wonder if uh, most poets would say that, because he certainly is you know, a poet. You know? That's, that's like his heart. Yeah, but but actually, Biggie definitely had his poetic side to him. But I mean, He's a rapper. You, know, it's hard to, you, know, you can't be a rapper without having poetry in you, but... Right, Pac was a, a like Jim Morrison poet, like yeah. Pac was like Jim Morrison. Yeah, Pac was a Morrison poet. Yeah, because I've actually heard this. I've actually heard a lot of people that Pac's messages were deeper, but Biggie's lyrics were more flow. Yeah, and flow. I think that I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, but at the same, like you know, I'm all about I'm more about the message than the flow because almost you, you could you could flow any time, but what are you saying? Yeah, I, yeah. right, right, yeah. I think it is the, the central uh, battle that hip-hop is having with itself right now, or it has it for like 10 years, is, you know, uh, yeah. you're an awesome lyric, you, you can bend words in crazy ways, you, in, in ways that would make uh, medieval poets jealous, but you have almost nothing. Yes. To so, I mean, medieval poets are so jealous of what we got today. Oh, man. I'm just saying, like, you can bend words in crazy ways, make awesome rhymes, like, hit crazy meters, but you have almost nothing to, like, know... Mm -hmm. Substance to it, so. Yeah, medieval poets were like, you know, if I don't write in meter, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna tar and feather me. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the, the king is gonna kick me out of his kingdom if I don't write a Petrarch sonnet. You know, it's not like that anymore. You can go crazy with the rhyme scheme. Oh yeah, and sometimes all it takes is like, in addition or subtraction of just one letter to a word. Yeah, it's crazy. That's why I love it so much. It's it's. It's awesome. It's like a puzzle in a lot of ways. Can you rhyme Permedian with something real quick? 
What's that? Permedian? Was the word Permedian? No, it's oh. Patrimedian. Pactermedian. Pa- pa- Pactermedian. Rhyme that. Pactermedian, <laughs> <laughs> Supermedian, you know? Factor? No, it'll be Tractor Green Again. In between in them. Yeah, in, be- in between again. Or uh, pro- Prolactic Screen Again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, See, this is this is one thing I have no problem admitting to people. I am a poet, not a lyricist or a rapper, because I do I I do not freestyle. I just don't. Oh no, I, <laughs> no, I, I sound so stupid when I freestyle. No, I don't. I don't do it. That's why I write everything down. Props to people who can freestyle, though. No, I mean, oh, pretty much out of me, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> All right, number five. <laughs> Number five, who is your favorite person? Oh, come on. That's an easy one. Why? It's not always like, I mean, it could be live, dead, it doesn't matter. No, no, yeah. Luchi's going to say me, right, Luchi? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, God, I mean, does it, does, it, uh, does it have to be someone I know or a celebrity no, or what? No, no qualifications. Hmm. Uh, God, I actually have absolutely no favorites in anything, so I have to give a top three, maybe. All right. Um, let's see. Let's say Bruce Lee. Boom. Um, he's Maya Angelou just for everything she stood for. And, uh, God, that's, that's really hard. I'm just going to stick with those two. I think those are two pretties. Hey, can I, can I think those are two pretties enough for now. Can I give my three? My three? Sure, Jason. Uh, my three would be Leonard Cohen. Um, Wait, well, you didn't even know who it was? No, I just, I just wanted to shout out Leonard Cohen, I guess. You just say Leonard Cohen is your favorite person. That's an acceptable uh, answer. No, I mean, I don't know if he's my favorite person. He's probably my probably one of my favorite people. Yeah. And Bruce Lee. You don't really have to work on the top three right now. That's not really the point. <laughs> next time, next time, Leonard Cohen, Bruce Lee, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll think about it. All right, all right, all right. You, you can get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. What is your quest? Ooh. What is my quest? Like my purpose? I don't know. What is what is your quest? Hmm. What is your quest? And do you have a truck? <laughs> do you have a what? No, this is a truck. Okay. Um, I think my quest, uh, like every other human being, is to uh, find out who I am. Right on. There you go. That's pretty good. Number seven. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. All you need is... Love. That was... Yeah, he's totally about love, man. uh, All you need is... uh, um, Cheese. No, cheese is cheese. I don't, I don't like cheese. <laughs> my news love. Number eight. And money. Rock, paper, or scissors? <laughs> money. <laughs> you said rock, paper, or scissors? <laughs> well, from the. I'm going to have. I have two biases to that, so I have to say rock. Alright. You have two biases, as you said? You, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm two out of three. 
Cause yeah, 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 cause uh, you know, you have Rocky Balboa, then you have The Rock, so it's like you know, I have to go with The Rock. I have to go with Rock. Okay. I think two biases were paper and scissors, cause like you know, you're, I'm my favorite's Rock, but I have two biases: paper and scissors. <laughs> I was. It's funny, like this is this is how like analytical artists think all the time, cause we think ten different things at one time, and it's hard to say one thing. That's right. You know, it's like scissors could cut paper, so that's destructive. No paper. I <laughs> I'm a pacifist. I should really pick paper, but really, I'm more drawn towards the rock because you know. You know, it's, it's just solid. I can smash it up. Scissors can cut it all down. All right, number nine. You can throw a scissors or a paper, but you'll hurt someone with a rock. So. You would hurt someone if you throw scissors at someone. You would kill somebody if you throw scissors at someone. That's what I'm saying. Don't run with a rock. They say don't run with scissors. Well, uh, question, question. How big is the rock? Even a paper can cut you. That's true. Good question. Is it a boulder? I think paper yeah. is probably the most powerful thing. A rock is a rock, and scissors is a scissors, but paper. Paper can change the world. You ever paper cut in between <laughs> Going out there else. <laughs> right. Number nine. Brilliant. What number nine? Number nine. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know what? I'm gonna give the same answer I gave in a first grade questionnaire when I was seven. Yeah. A ninja turtle named Raphael. And number ten on the list of ten. Which is the only one I actually stole from James Lipton. He's stole one from the other dude. Heaven exists. What would you like to hear St. Peter City when you reach the pearly gates? <laughs> Um, let's see. What would I like to hear St. Peter as I approach the pearly gates? Took you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the first list of ten. I only want to say, seat's taken. <laughs> oh, God. I know. All right. Well... Uh, that kind of runs us up to here at the end of the hour. In fact, we're over there. Wow. We're over the hour. We went over with those. I like that list of 10, though. That is good, Lipton. All right. We may have to bring that back. We'll see We'll see what happens when we make oddball shows. You never know what is going to happen on an oddball show. I, I think that was a – I mean, I started off a little bit like, you know, let's talk about cyberbullying, which is important, you know. But uh, we, we got our laughs in, you know. Yeah, that's right. It was a good time. Don't yeah. you have fun? Oh, most definitely, man. I always have fun here. Dude, it was great. It was great. All right, well, hey, uh, signing off till next time. I am Jason from Oddball Magazine. My name is Prof from JP Line Productions, and this has been The Oddball Show. Boom. Right? <laughs>